exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Welcome to Exposure. My name is Amy. I'll be your host for this evening. We have a full schedule tonight. We're going to be hearing from the Journey House Campus Ministries to start off. And we're also going to hear from the Medical Technology Student Association. They're coming on to talk about the Gift of Life University Challenge. And we're also going to hear from uh, folks from the East Lansing Children's Film Festival. And last but not least, the Chocolate Party Benefit, which is happening February 25th at the MSU Museum. But first on the list, I'm here with Kevin, David, Rick, and Alicia. They're from the Journey House Campus Ministries. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, first off, I guess, uh, tell us a little bit about what Journey Campus or Journey House Campus Ministries is. Uh, well, Journey House Campus Ministries uh, started back in 1999 uh, with the purchase of a house on uh, Grand River, 1628 uh, East Grand River to be exact. Um, and from there, uh, we started uh, kind of um, affiliating with the Community of Christ Church and starting up uh, a, a church actually residing in the house. Um, so that's one part of, uh, of, of one thing that started there. And then also um, from there, we had the availability of residents to move into the house. So we kind of started our own Christian co-op there. Um, and from that, we've, uh, we've started doing uh, different activities um, and then actually just recently, this past year, um, we became an RSO on campus. All right. How long have are you currently living in the house right yeah, now? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, um, all of us but Kevin are uh, currently uh, okay. residing in the house, and hopefully we can, we can talk him into moving in soon. Maybe. <laughs> now, what size community is this? How many people live there, and how many other people are involved? Um, we actually have six rooms, and each room is available for two residents each. Um, so the house can hold up to 12 residents, uh, as well as a resident manager. Um, our actual campus ministry group, though, that includes a lot of people off campus and some students from LCC as well, is probably about 30 active students. Yeah, okay. since we, we started back in 1990, uh, 1999, um, we actually kind of had a core organization started then, um, but the, just this past year we were able to incorporate that with campus. Okay, how did that how did that work out? Uh, it was a little rocky. <laughs> uh, several drafts of constitutions and and getting the right people involved, but uh, we've had a, a great start so far. We're doing a lot of different activities and uh, really trying to get ourselves out on campus as much as possible. Now, what what types of activities? Like, what would you say your whole group is about? Um, well, I would say they're 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 Christian centered activities, um, but at the same time, it's all about having fun. All about um, also doing community service, um, some other activities um, that we do, uh, just kind of maybe some you know promotional things that we have to do, putting up flyers and trying to get people to come out um, as well. So we do a lot of different activities with that. Uh, one activity that we're doing this year is a mission trip. We're going down to Fort Myer um, to do disaster relief. Okay. Now, let me see. Kevin. Yes. <laughs> Are you, you don't live in the house that you lived there before? Or? No, I haven't lived there yet. Um, how I got involved with the house is uh, through a uh, senior high retreat that they have each year. And, um, yeah, I, they haven't been able to get me to move in yet how much they would like 
me to do that, but, uh, um, I would also like to do that, but it's just not working out quite yet. One one thing that's really cool about Kevin's situation, too, is he is an LCC student, um, but he also uh, remains very active in the house, even though he's not even um, living in the house right now. He comes to uh, all of our Wednesday night activities that we do um, and supports the, the Journey House in uh, every way that he can. Are you guys all really close? Like, would you consider it's like... A close group of friends or really just kind of a loose organization? Or? It's definitely a close group of friends, for sure, more on that side than it would be a, a loose group of people. Um, we're very, we're, in, in a, uh, essentially, we're a community, um, so a lot of us are very tight, very good friends. Um, I've known Alicia for, um, shoot, five, six years now, um, before I even came to Michigan State. Uh, so through that, you know, everybody that participates in, in living in a house or doing activities um, kind of really is able to bond together and become more tight. Um, as close as we are, though, a, a big goal of ours is to, is to outreach. And uh, Dave is kind of a perfect example of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, everything that we do, you know, we're always inviting new people. And as close as we are, it's, it's a real goal of ours to um, accept anyone who's who comes to us and wants to participate and wants to be a part of the community. So it's close, but it's open and accepting. Now, what difference do you think it makes, like, you live in the house? Like, what is the, that experience like as opposed to just, you know, living somewhere else and being part of the group? Um, I think the real focus uh, of the house is to build community. So, you know, we have a strong emphasis on interpersonal relationships. Um, so if there's conflict in the house, we have you know, kind of a a set way to deal with that that I think is more peaceful than you might find in the dorms or um, just living in a normal co-op. Yeah, and, and to speak to that as well, uh, one thing that's really great about this house is it's pretty huge. Um, so big. even if you're living in the house, you definitely don't feel like you're confined to your 12 by 12 uh, foot space uh, in yeah. your room. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of area in the house to, uh, to roam around and, and feel comfortable and welcome. Now it says here um, you have a house tour coming up? That is correct, uh, absolutely. On uh, April 14th, uh, we're going to uh, be kind of teaming up with the centennial celebration of, uh, of Lansing and uh, putting on a house tour. So um, we're going to be uh, going onto campus, putting up flyers uh, to try to get people involved with that and, and coming out and checking out the house and uh, seeing if they like it and uh, seeing if they want to participate in activities or um, you know, if there's a if the possibility of, of uh, moving in as well. Um, and also it's just going to be a really cool day to, to kind of uh, find a little bit more about the house as far as like the history and stuff goes too. We're going to be on each different floor. We're going to have uh, screenshots of uh, how the house used to look um, before we purchased it and uh, have kind of a history side Did of it Did it look too. a lot different? Yeah, this ho the house actually was built in 1928. So, um, yeah, it was way different. There, um, the, the residents that lived in the house before us kept a lot of the – uh, antiques of, of the time, kind of kept it classic to the 1928 feel. And we, we kept some of that stuff in the house, but obviously you've got to modernize it a little bit when you're uh, bringing in college students. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, David, they said you are kind of a result of the outreach part of the program. Yeah. Tell us about what that. What happened with me is a, a friend of mine who I met in a class um, offered to take me to one of the events. It's called Coffee and Combo. And what it is is it's during the fall, and um, we go to a local coffee shop and have a discussion on relevant topics of the 
time and what's going on in the world. And he invited me to that. And through that, I went to that and then started to learn about the church. And it took me about another year for me to move in. But I moved in only about a month ago. It's been a great experience. How are you liking it now, now that you're living with all of us? <laughs> great. Good. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Now, um, I know you said that you're, like, Christian-based. Is it really, I mean, can, like, non-denominational people join, and how does that work? Definitely. Um, and I, I, the big thing is that we have kind of a Christian-centered um, morals that we try to uphold. We've had a, an array of, of denominations live in the house, um, even some that aren't Christian, but, you know, choose kind of the same lifestyles as, as we do. Um, the house is actually substance-free, so that's a big draw as well. You know, it keeps, um, it kind of keeps that party scene out there. Not that um, that's anything that we judge against, mm -hmm. but um, something we we create a safe haven in the house, um, keeping that um, in other places. And it also allows you to study in the house, which is <laughs> right. which is a really <laughs> unique experience if you're living in the dorms. <laughs> that sounds like a, a big draw of the place. Absolutely. Yeah. And but you definitely, um, it's it's sponsored by the Community of Christ. You don't have to be a Community of Christ member. You don't even have to be a Christian, but that's kind of the, the Christian-centered values is what we try to uphold. Now, you're also having a rummage sale. When is that? That is going to be April 21st. Um, you'll also see some more um, some flyers on campus about that as well. Um, we're we're just going to bring in a whole lot of junk and try to sell it off. Uh, <laughs> we have a, we have a church that um, uh, actually a congregation that meets on Sunday nights in our uh, living room of the house, um, which we're going to outreach to to see if we can get some college type items, get some uh, you know uh, milk crates, uh, some, furniture. Yeah, furniture, mm -hmm. big one, um, and uh, putting it all out on the lawn and uh, trying to sell it off. So definitely, if you uh, have the ability to do so, um, try to try to come by if you can. That will definitely that. attract people. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a great location, too, right off Grand River. You can't miss it. So Yeah, why don't you say the location again for... It's, six, it's 1628 uh, Grand River. Um, it's uh, right between uh, the Park Place Apartments and... Um, Capital Villa? No, no, the Marriott Marriott Residential Inn. So it's between Marriott Residential Inn and then the uh, the Park Place Apartments as well. So it's stuck right between, kind of by the uh, intersection of Hagedorn and Grand River. Okay. Now you're also doing some community service. What yep. places? What? Where do you do that at? Um. Well, uh, do you want to talk about the mission trip or? Um. We've kind of been doing an array of things that we've been finding through the community service. Um. That they have available yeah. on campus. Um, we don't have anything specific that we do like every week or anything, but yeah, we try to team up with other organizations that are that's doing community service. One activity that uh, we we try to participate in um, was the Martin Luther King uh, Day activity that Into the Streets was was doing. Unfortunately, it got canceled, so we ended up uh, making Valentine's Day cookies and, and storing them in the freezer, um, which uh, we ended up delivering to Altera House, right? Yeah. Yeah, we delivered to Altera House, which is a uh, um, a senior center. And uh, we actually um, do a lot uh, with them as well, um, different activities. Uh, we did, we do, we've we done uh, gingerbread houses for them as well. Okay. Now, you went into it a little, like David already explained how he got involved, but I'm interested, how long have you guys, like uh, Alicia and Rick and Kevin, how long have you been involved in the or organization and how did you find out about it? Um, this is actually my 
third year living at the house, and I kind of was grandfathered in. I've been affiliated with the Community of Christ basically my entire life. Um, what really attracted me, though, was was really the community that um, I knew I was going to move into. Um, so, you know, coming as a freshman, I was a part of the campus ministry group, and, you know, they kind of loved me into my new um, chapter of life, and, you know, I stuck. I can't get away, so... Yeah, that was really helpful for me to my freshman year to have you guys with me. Oh, Dave. Wonderful guy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I came in kind of similar to that with the grandfathered in aspect. I've been a part of uh, the Community of Christ Church pretty much all my life. And uh, I found out uh, uh, about the, the house through Diane McNeil. Um, and she told me about it. Uh, about Who is the director, by the way? That's right. She's, she's the director of the house. Thank you. Um, and uh, she, she told me about the house approached me, and uh, it was about two years before I was planning on uh, moving in or, or coming down to East Lansing even, and I would have signed the, uh, the um, intent to lease form right then if I could have. Um, but, yeah, I was just extremely excited about to hear the opportunity of, of, of this place. I was coming in out of community college, so I was going to be going into my, uh, my junior and senior year. So what was really something that was appealing was that uh, kind of a, I don't know, I guess a chill um, atmosphere and uh, community living was, uh, it was something that really, really enticed me to, uh, to be part of the house. Interesting. And um, you know, I've already talked a little bit about the senior high retreat that uh, occurs annually. Um, but I guess what kind of keeps me here, though, is the uh, wonderful people that I've met and, uh, and the extraordinary uh, community that they build over at the house. Um, it's just been great. <laughs> so Now, is, it, is there church in the house or near the house? Or I'm sorry, I missed that part. Is it? The church is in the house. Okay. Um, <laughs> See, I thought I heard that, but then I was afraid we, to say it. Cause. Um, we hold worship services. Um, we are supported by uh, a congregation that is composed of a lot of ministers um, who um, are really dedicated to providing um, college student-relevant worship. There's a lot of dialogue, a lot of contemporary music, um, and a lot of interaction and a lot of relevance for college students. Um, and that congregation comes to our house, and we have worship services in our living room on Sunday nights at 6 p.m. and um, and a meal afterwards and a free meal af- <laughs> and a free meal afterwards. Yes, home cooked meal to BTW better yeah, than nice. my cooking. <laughs> so yeah, so once a week we get something that isn't out of a box. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But the the worship service um, is is in our living room. Okay. Well, that is the Journey House Campus Ministries. That is substance-free. It's a substance-free place for college students to live and hang out. They'll be having, again, an open house April 14th and a rummage sale April 21st. Now, really quick, if uh, anyone wants to contact you for more information, who can they contact? And um, You can contact Rick Miller um, at... Uh, um MillerF2, msu.edu, um, or uh, you can also check our website, um, msu.edu slash tilde, uh, jhcm as well. All right. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. We'll be right back. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. I'm here with David. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your last name. Thorne. David Thorne. And he's here uh, with the Medical Technology Student Association. And he's here to talk about the Gift of Life University Challenge, which is actually ending uh, in a couple days, February 26th. 28th. Oh, 28th. You're close, though. I'm it's close. only a few days off, right? <laughs> Tell them early. That way, if they put it off for a day, they still make it right. on time. That's good, see? Uh, either way, yes. Uh, thank you for having me here. Uh the gift of life. Let me back up first of all and tell you about gift of life to start out with. That's probably the best place to start. Uh, gift of life is a nonprofit organization whose mission and vision has to do with uh, everything to do with transplant and organs and tissues. Uh, they are uh, an old group. They've been around since the early 70s, basically, when uh, transplantation and that type of medical procedure actually came about. Uh, they're a Michigan-based group. Even they're affiliated with a larger network nationwide. Base, they're basically Michigan-based right here. They're centered in Ann Arbor. Um, their uh, goal, again, is what may be obvious here, is that they recruit potential donors, okay, uh, for a transplant uh, to, in order to sit there and basically and offer their goods basically to be transplanted, right? They, they're donors for such. Uh, they sit there and handle all sort of different transplant materials. Uh, they handle everything from the very highly valued and highly sought after kidneys, right, which is a highly, the one with the highest demand right now. Uh, they do uh, other organs. They do hearts. They do uh, livers. They do lungs. They do pancreases and everything down the list they can possibly cut out and put in somebody else. They'll do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, they also handle basically what is called soft tissue. Uh, they handle things like bone. Right. So if you go in and have a bad accident, you need some bone to reconstruct the hip or do something to like that. You go to these piece for these folks for a chunk of bone. Uh, they provide skin. Okay, literally, right? I mean, these people, they got everything, okay? So if you're a bad burn victim and you need to some uh, skin to lay down across you to, right after the burn's healing up, okay? Corneas of eyes, uh, for those basically who have uh, very bad uh, vision problems associated with clouding of the cornea, you can get new corneas put in. Gift of Life carries those also, Okay. Uh, our mission here right now and what this has to do in terms of this university challenge, uh, in order to sit there and uh, provide all these services, the primary product that is missing is potential donors. Uh, right now, they say for every uh, one person in or correction, I think they said for every eight people needing a kidney, there's only one potential donor out there. There's a very vast shortage. 
Okay. Uh, and that's what this particular uh, drive is after, to sign up potential donors. Okay. Uh, potential donors basically uh, uh, what the process in order to do it. Uh, the process to do that largely is nothing more than getting at a URL, getting on the Internet. Okay. Uh, once you get on there, uh, you can actually do this any time of year, right? But doing it right now, you enter this, what, this uh, university challenge phase that I'll talk about here momentarily. Uh, what uh, you do is that you go to a URL. Uh, I could give it to you, but probably the easiest way to get to it is just how I do it, because I'm 57 years old and I forget <laughs> URLs real quick, right? But I can Google Gift of Life Michigan just as well as anybody else. Mm -hmm. And if you get Google that, it's the first thing that comes up. That's how I find the site. Uh, once you get there, there is uh, a lot of information. Uh, they talked about donors. They talk about recipients. They talk about everything, basically, that has to do with it. Okay, a very complete site. Uh, if you look about halfway down the front page, basically what has what they have is a um, uh, a little square called University Challenge. Okay, and if you press that, right, what it's going to do, uh, it's going to ask for some basic information regarding you. Uh, you're actually not at that particular point, basically actually signing up to be a potential donor. Right, that's just garnering information for this challenge thing that we'll talk about here momentarily. Okay, uh, the uh, once you've gone through that, uh, you hit a link and it sends you over to the Secretary of State. Now you're at the site, right? This is the site basically in the database at which, when you sit there and put your information in, if you would become a potential donor at one point, they can look you up on the records. They say this individual is offered to be a donor, and if you're in the appropriate position to do such, right, they will take advantage of that. All right. Is that a mouthful? That is yeah. a mouthful. <laughs> That's a lot of information right there. Mm. Now tell tell me more about the universe, university challenge. Part oh, of I was supposed to bring that up, but just by my mind, it does that every <laughs> once in a while. Okay. Uh, so the university challenge, uh, gift of life, in order as a form of donor recruitment, uh, what they do is that they. Uh, uh, invite universities across Michigan, right, in order to recruit potential donors, okay? Uh, what they do is they provide a specific time frame for it. I believe the time frame started somewhere around the middle of January, I forget, but it ends February 28th. That I do know, okay? Uh, what it involves, basically, is that as you go in and you sit there and register to be a donor, you put in a vote for a school, Okay. Uh, I monitor this thing pseudo-frequently whenever I feel like it every couple of days. And what what's occurring here is uh, there is a, uh, uh, I think there's currently 12 schools currently involved. Okay. Uh, what happens is that at the end of this drive period, Gift of Life will turn around and they hand out basically trophies and prizes and they come in and shake your hand and they kiss babies, right? When you're sitting there if you're the winner. Okay. Uh, basically, what's occurred is that uh, the MedTech Association, which is representing MSU, has actually won this for two of the last three years. Wow. Okay. Uh, last year, we recruited, I think we were up to like 650 donors off campus. It was a very large number. Uh, the year that we did not win it, it was won by U of M. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was two years ago. And then we won it the year before that. Okay. And how old is it? Is the three challenge years. three years old? Okay. Right. So this. So basically, we are entering uh, 
that's fourth year. Okay. Right. But for the last three years, we've run it two out of three times. Okay. The, uh, uh, the drive itself, as I sit there and watch the numbers, strange things are happening. So I'm sitting there watching this and, uh, uh, we got up to about, I don't know, 370 or 80 donors that we'd recruited over the last three or four weeks. And what occurred is that uh, U of M only had eight. What? Eight. And they were down there at eight for a long period of time. And it wasn't moving. There was no action. And then all of a sudden, Saturday night, they put in 118. That's dirty. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then this, the, well, I was walking out of work here this morning, or walking into work, it's the only chance I had to check it, uh, they put in another hundred. Oh my. So right? so obviously what they've been doing basically is hoarding They've been these. holding their votes. Right. They've been hoarding these things, right? Hoping that people will kind of say to themselves, right, well, we're way ahead, right? And we don't have to do it real hard, right? And all of a sudden they're just pounding them in here at the last moment. So what occurred is that our student organization contacted you hoping that they could sit there and uh, meet this particular demand in this university challenge. Uh, and the way to do that, again, is to go to the URL. That URL, the easiest way to find it, again, is to just to Google it, just like everybody else, right? And you just put in Gift of Life Michigan, and it will take you right there. And it's a step-by-step -step procedure that any dork can figure out. Now, I know it... it must sound like a really obvious question, especially to you, but just how important is it for, for people to do this? Uh, if you need a kidney, basically, you find out how important it is real quick. Uh, it's, it's similar in terms of being a donor to, like, giving blood. You're providing a community service. Uh, what you see is that a large number of the donors and some are potential donors in some way or another uh, have a connection or have heard a story of a need, basically, that was established through friends, family, whatever. Okay, and they had seen the impact basically that a donated organ had basically in somebody's life. Um, and again, the need is huge, right? Uh, the supply demand, uh, the demand is very high. The supply is very low, right? So there's literally competition for this stuff. How else have you uh, worked to get word out about this? I know this is nearing the end. There's oh, only this is an about a week left. Uh, first but... of all, I'm I'm the faculty mentor of the group, right? Do I look like a student? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, no. Thank you. Okay. So anyway, right. Uh, so I sit there and watch the group basically and see how they interact and see how they've uh, promoted this particular event. Very good. Right. Uh, there's a country station here in town basically that sits there and gives announcements three times a day. Uh, they've gotten into the newspaper. Uh, they go into classrooms. We have, they actually made a listing of every class at MSU that has over 200 students in it. So they go to every one of these classes, walk in and say, here's the form, here's the URL, right, basically. And that's been relatively successful. Uh, they have uh, bi-weekly meetings to talk strategy. Wow. <laughs> this is a very organized group, right? And there's a few leaders within it that really provide some, the leadership basically needed to pull something like this off. They've done a very good job. Now, you said you check the numbers every other day or so. Yeah, so whenever I what, get I mean, together. do you know what the MSU number is currently? I, you I think yesterday around? it was 394. Okay. And you got to remember last year it was 600. That's what, that's what it took to win. All right, so we still have some work to do. Right. Well, it depends. You know, everything's variable here. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, 
other than the challenge, the real impact that this has basically is on the potential recipients. Of course. Right. So that's uh, uh, putting this forward basically as a major cause. Uh, so at MSU can step forward is nice, but the recipients is really where it's at. Have you, do you have any like personal experiences nope. with? Oh. Nobody, <laughs> nobody I know has ever gotten a kidney or a heart, right? Uh, and that's, oh no, I do. I should take that back. I actually knew somebody who was a, a potential recipient that was waiting on one and died in line. Oh, geez. Right? And he was an MSU employee right here, right? Uh, and he waited for about a year, basically, and uh, unfortunately succumbed to the condition, basically, before one was available, which is the most common ploy. That's what happens to the majority of these folks. Right. Right. All right. So the way you can do it now, you explain the process. It's pretty self-explanatory. Once you Google Gift of Life Michigan, you just follow the steps and enter your information. It'll lead you right by the nose. All right. Uh, the one thing that you need, basically, when you go to this, you will need your driver's license. Okay? Because what you do is that you put in your driver's license number, and it boots up, basically, all the... Everything that the, uh, the what is that, Secretary of State, right? All the information that Secretary has on state, uh, Secretary of State has on you that corresponds with your driver's license, they make you put it in and you have to match what the Secretary of State has on you. So you have to spell your full name, you have to have the correct middle initial, and you have to have, you have, to have your driver's license number. That sounds easy enough. <laughs> well, it depends on the time of day. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It could go either way. Thank you very much. That no was problem. David Thorne from the Medical Technology Student Association. The Gift of Life University Challenge ends February 28th. If you want to uh, sign up to be a potential organ donor, like David just said, just Google Gift of Life Michigan, and uh, you'll find the instructions there. Yep. All right. Thanks a lot bye for coming bye. on. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Prime Time. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Impact Exposure. We just heard from David Thorne. Uh, he's from the Medical Technology Student Association. He was here talking about the Gift of Life University Challenge. Uh, basically, it's a challenge where um, it's just within Michigan, and uh, universities are competing to uh, sign up the most potential organ donors. Now, uh, Michigan State has won the past two out of the three years that the competition has gone on. Uh, just a reminder of 
how you can sign up if you'd like to. Um, you can Google Gift of Life Michigan, and the first hit will be the website you can go to to sign yourself up. We also heard from uh, the Journey House Campus Ministries. Uh, Rick Miller is the contact for that, and it's a substance-free place for college students to live and hang out. It's a Christian-based community, and they have uh, church service in their living room every Sunday night, followed by free dinner. Now, coming up on the show, we're going to hear still from folks from the East Lansing Children's Film Festival. That's uh, starting February 23rd, and it ends March 1st. It's mostly taking place in Kedzie Hall on the MSU campus and to close out the hour, we are going to hear from the Chocolate Party Benefits or folks from the Chocolate Party Benefit that's taking place at the Kellogg Center. And it's to benefit uh, preserving artifacts and uh, things that can be found in the MSU Museum. Now, uh, we'll be right back with uh, hopefully the East Lansing Ch- Children's Film Festival guests on Exposure. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact. We're back with Impact Exposure. Um, after a short little music interlude that I hope everyone enjoyed, I am here um, with Michelle Carlson. She's here to talk about the East Lansing Children's Film Festival. It starts uh, February 23rd and it goes till March 1st. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Now, um, let's see, this is taking place mostly in the Kedzie Hall and MSU's campus. That's same as last year, correct? I'm yes. assuming. Okay. Now, tell tell me a little. I've never been to the film festival, so I mean, this might be basic stuff, but like, uh, I guess what types of movies are going to be there, and who should attend? Um, well, the festival is films for kids of all ages, so there's something for everyone. Uh, we have in each program there's a compilation of shorts, and we have some features, and we try to mix it up so there'll be some live action, animation, um, claymation, different genres within each program. And the programs are also broken up by age groups. So there's some programs for six and under, eight and older. We have a good um, teen programming, which are PG-13 type films. So, And are these from local filmmakers or are they just any movies that were... You wanted to get in the festival? Uh, We have a submission process, so we get films from all over the world, and they're professionally made independent filmmakers, and it's also some child-produced films. And we do have a few Michigan filmmakers in the festival as well. Um, So it's a good mix. I think this year we have 11 countries represented. Wow. Okay. So films from 11 different countries. Now what, I mean, do you have any titles or any couple of films that you are particularly interested in seeing? Or, um, Well, we also, there's a very good, we're doing a special tribute to the National Filmborn of Canada because Canada has very strong um, support of film, independent film, so we have a whole program of that. And all the films in that program are Oscar-nominated films including one that's up for Oscar this year. So we're excited about that. And What uh, film is that? That's called The Danish Poet. 
and it's actually a Canadian-Norwegian um, partnership. It's a really great little animated short, um, and anyone would love that film. And another really nice film from Sweden is called The Card House Builder and the Little Dog. And it's about a guy who builds card houses and this little dog comes to his step and befriends him. It's really sweet. And that is a claymation film. Okay. And we also have some feature films. We're going to be during the week at NCG Cinemas. And each night, starting on Saturday at 6.30, we have a feature film. And we're, well, Saturday night we're doing the best of the fest of the 10 years uh, teen reel. So there are films for 13 and older. And then each night we'll have a different feature. And we're having back to the 90s pricing. So all the films we show at NCG will be $3 admission. Were movies $3 in the 90s? Yes, <laughs> they were. What kind of inflation? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like, has Claymation from Sweden, that sounds very interesting. Has Claymation uh, changed since Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Or? I don't think so. We have some really good, uh, quite a few Claymation films, but they're very labor-intensive. Um, it's a stop-motion process, so they take one picture, move the figure, and take another picture. Um, a couple other ones are called Red Plan. They're from a film company called Red Planet Blues, and they're about little space Martians, really cute and fun um, claymation. And another claymation from Spain called Capolito, and it's a love story um, with a pesky fly. <laughs> <laughs> what about? Um, you said there's some animated movies as well. Yes, um, many animated shorts in each program, well, except for the features. Um, we also have some commercially produced ones, like from Nick Jr. So if you ever catch Nickelodeon, you might have seen some of these uh, shorts. Like, one is called Pasta Pina, um, really cute puppet animated about some birds. That oh. play together and. <laughs> what is your uh, like position with? I'm the, the director. The director. Yes. All right. How long have you been involved with the, with the show? This is my second year as the director of the festival. Um, we're celebrating our tenth anniversary, so that's exciting. The program, the film festival, started out as a weekend program, of the East Lansing Film Festival, and we've grown into a week long, celebration of film, and we're our no now our own nonprofit, so that's exciting. And if you come to our opening night, which is going to be at the Hannah Community Center, we'll be having a birthday party afterwards with Cold Stone Creamery ice cream. That's free. The ice cream is free. <laughs> um, and that will also be a Best of the Fest, so you get to see something from each year. Okay. Now, the Best of the Fest, is that going on the same time as the Kedzie portion? Of the the best of fest will take place Friday evening, starts at seven o'clock at Hannah Community Center. Then Saturday morning it starts at Kedzie, and there's seven programs on Saturday and seven on Sunday, and then each evening through March first at NCG. 
All right, now we actually have uh, two passes to the film festival. Now, does this give, get you in everywhere, or? No, they're just tickets to a particular program. Oh, okay. All right, well, um, what program is that? I can't remember. Okay, I can't well, remember which ones I even We have two passes to a program in the East Lansing Children's Film Festival. Uh, 432-3893 is the number you call if you uh, would like that pair of tickets for yourself. Now, uh, what goes into choosing what movies... I mean, you said it sounds like there's lots of like critically acclaimed movies that are chosen. Like, Who picks them and what's the process? We have a submission process, so filmmakers choose to submit to our festival, and we collect all the films, and we have a selection committee, um, about seven people, and we watch all the films we get, and we rate them and banter them out if we like them or not, and then we set up the Are program. you on that committee? Yes. What kind of, I mean, do you look for things of different variety, or what's kind of your criteria? Um, I think the most important thing is if it's a good story, because all good films have good stories to them. And then if, you know, the good quality, if it has good editing, if it's well made, if it's interesting, something we think would be interesting to the community um, or kids, which is interesting because kids have a lot of different interests than us adults. But um, So it's a really fun process. It's fun to see all the different films and the quality that comes in and... Um, must be yeah, must be a a fun job to have watching all the movies and picking which ones make it. Now there's there's a website that people can go to for more information. I'm assuming. Yes, our website is www.elcff.com, and you'll be able to find all the information. There's an interactive grid on there where you can see descriptions of each movie that are in each program. The link to tickets, you can buy tickets online. Um, workshops we offer for kids on Saturday morning as well. And Sunday we'll have our director's roundtable if you want to come and meet our visiting directors and talk to them about filmmaking. It's free at the University Marriott. Are those directors like of some of the movies that are showing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Okay, well, um, that is uh, Michelle Carlson with the East Lansing Children's Film Festival. Again, that starts uh, February 23rd and ends March 1st. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Smoking Helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want MySmokeFreeApartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that? Smoking. Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. MySmokeFreeApartment.org. When you get up in the morning and turn on the radio, you don't want to hear those other guys talking on your way to work, do you? You don't want to hear talking. You want to hear music. So here at The Impact, we are making you a promise. We're calling it the More Music Mornings 89 Second Play. 
We, the Impact, pledge that every weekday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., we will shut up and play music. We pledge that we won't talk for more than 89 seconds at a time, meaning more music all morning long. We pledge that every caller who requests a song between 8 and 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, will be entered to win a great Impact prize. And we pledge that in return for your listening to us, we will listen to you and play more music that you want to hear. So tune into the Impact for more music mornings. Let us know what to play, and maybe you could win some cool stuff. Only here on 88.9 The Impact. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back. I am here right now with Laura Hulu. She's here um, on behalf of the MSU Museum, and she's here to talk about the Chocolate Party Benefit that's going on February 25th. And she actually brought in some truffles, which are delicious, and I might just be eating. <laughs> we can um, hear you munch. But, <laughs> um, so uh, tell us a little bit about the Chocolate Party Benefit going on. Okay, well, it's definitely a theme or a topic that has a huge, huge following. In fact, we've been doing this event. It's now in its 18th year, so it's it's quite a popular community event. It happens Sunday afternoon, 1.30 to 3.30, over at the Kellogg Hotel and Conference Center. And we really use this as an opportunity to kind of connect with chocolate connoisseurs, but also kind of raise the profile of our museum and especially our collections. And the event is all about care and preservation of our museum collections. And along the way, we enjoy some good chocolate. All right, and who's participating? I, I saw that it's like culinary students plus right. chefs plus, I don't know, like visiting. Yeah, we call them chocolatiers. It's just kind of a catch-all. So it's area pastry chefs, executive chefs, culinary students, caterers, bake shop owners, and, and vendors like that that all bring, you know, kind of the best of the best of samples to show for this uh, for this event. So we'll have, you know, probably in excess of 500 pounds of chocolate when all's said and done. And then one of the really spectacular things about this event is it's also a pro professional culinary competition. It's very unusual that those are open to the general public, so that's always kind of a fun element for this, that people get to come in and see these chefs compete, um, all using chocolate. And they do some amazingly elaborate things. They're almost, you know, in some ways sculpting using chocolate, and they make some really, really elaborate, you know, three-foot-tall displays. Yeah, it sounds like they really have fun with it. What's some of what's some of the things that you've seen well, them make out of chocolate? Well, that's a good question. Every year we change up the theme, and we kind of try to have it be inspired by, by our museum collections. So in the past, um, we've connected it to some collections and exhibits that we've had. We've had everything from gardens and rainforests, um, film reels, top hats, um, pyramids, just you name it, carousels from, from fairs. It's really, really creative. Now... Do people, I've never been to one of these things, people <laughs> eat their work at the, like once they're done? Or? Yeah, in most cases, I mean, they are all edible ingredients. So they take lots of photographs, you know, and medals are awarded, and there is a ceremony, and then after that, are yes, that's right, that's right. We document it, because that's what museums do. Um, and then, yeah, we do, we do serve up some samples. They, they cut it and plate it, and there are, there are samples to share, too. I said this is open to the general public. How many people in the past, like the in numbers, have attended this? This event typically draws around 800 people, so it, it fills up the big 10 rooms. What time does it start? It's on February 25th. That's right, it's Sunday Center. at 1 30. Mm -hmm. right. 
How long does it go till? One thirty to three thirty. So two solid hours. That that's not too long. I, mean, <laughs> I was expecting it to be like six hours for some reason, but that's just perfect. I mean, now. Is there, you said, you named a couple different themes. Is there Mm -hmm. a theme this year? Yes, this year the theme is birthdays, anniversaries, and major milestones. And it it gets the theme from the museum's um, 150th anniversary this year. So it's it's kind of a celebration of our 150 years of discovery. And that's kind of the theme that we'll see in, in these spectacular pieces that people create. Now, does the museum have a lot of kind of collections that are rotated? Like, what kind of things are, you know, like people go to this and it's benefiting the museum. What are they, you know, helping preserve? That's a really good question. Um, the museum has has some long-standing exhibits, and we also do changing exhibits, six to eight of them a year. So there's always something kind of fresh and new at the museum. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize is we have close to a million objects and artifacts and specimens in our collection, and all of them require, you know, the proper conditions so they're not susceptible to temperature, light, and humidity, so we can preserve those for exhibits, for research, and then for future generations. I see. Now, this is a really important question. What is your favorite kind of chocolate? Oh, that's a hard question. I'm intrigued by the chocolate fountain because you can dip everything from marshmallows to pineapple to pretzels in it. Does it have with like flowing chocolate? Yes, oh my goodness. yes, flowing rivers of chocolate. Oh my yeah, goodness. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the truffles are also a fave. Those are really, really rich and good. They are delicious. Now, um, is there any sort of pre-registering, or you just show up? You can you can come, show up at the door, and get a ticket. Great. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you so much. Again, the MSU Museum Chocolate Party benefit is February 25th at the Kellogg Center. That's on Harrison Road on the MSU campus. It's from 1.30 to 3.30. Thank you very much, Laura Hello, for coming on the show. Sure. And uh, coming up next is uh, more Impact Music. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.